This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Out. Damn. Volume. The volume. Ah, I, I think you just uh, injured my ears. It was up to, it was up to twenty. You've heard of ten. You heard of eleven. I think it was up to twenty. That's okay. Actually, you know what I have? I have tinnitus. Uh, a constant ringing in my ears. It started in my left ear about uh, I don't know, maybe twelve years ago. Just sitting in my room, and all of a sudden. And I'm like, what the hell is that sound? And I, I I looked all over the room. There's a humming in here. And then I finally realized it was coming from inside my head. Went to the doctor and he said, uh, there's really, other than steroids and an operation, there's nothing we can do. So I learned to live with it. And then about uh, five or so years later, in the other year. So anyway, I'm going deaf, slowly but surely. That's okay. I'd rather go deaf than blind, right? Um Whatever. Hey, where are we? Uh, it's raining again. That's fine. And you know what? I am just feeling, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, great about America's chances. I do. Uh, I think the thing I came up with is actually catching on. Folks, I know they're trying to distract us. They're trying to worry us. They're trying to feed us fake news and fake polls. But America is going to rise up in a big, beautiful way in November. And New Yorkers are too. Have you seen the polls? It looks like Lee Zeldin can really pull this thing off. (laughs) It would be wonderful. Kathy Hochul, uh, goodbye. Back to Buffalo with you. Uh, It would be a beautiful thing. Remember, if you're frustrated, if you want to do something, if you don't want to just sit around and wait for uh, Election Day, which is be here soon enough, but there are other things you can do. You can send money to these candidates, even if it's five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks. They get more excited. The candidates, the political establishment, they get more excited by uh, small donors, just a little bit, but a lot of small donors are better than a couple of big rich guys. Uh, it's true. It's true. All right. Now, listen, I want everybody to, the New York Post sometimes it. Sometimes it bothers me, but they've got this guy, Michael Goodwin. He is the best. He is so smart, so insightful. The only thing he loses it on every now and then is Eric Adams. He's still a little bit blinded by Eric Adams and the suits and the rhetoric. Eric Adams is a disaster. We all know that. He's figuring it out, but he's uh, he's been a little reluctant to see the light on that one. Anyway, other than that, I love Michael Goodwin. And listen to this. Uh, from Michael Goodwin today. Near the end of his press conference Tuesday, GOP gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin suggested to a reporter a theme for a post-mortem article the day after the November election. He will have won, Zeldin predicted, because he talked about crime, taxes, education, and things voters care about, while Governor Hochul talked about Donald Trump, or as he put it, orange man bad. 
Even allowing for self-interest, Zeldin is on to something important. He's running an intense, issue-focused campaign. Hochul is trying to run out the clock. Did you see her at the parade over the weekend with Al Sharpton and those silly sneakers that she was wearing, walking with Al Sharpton? Who are you trying to appeal to if you're walking down the block with Al Sharpton? Nobody likes that guy in New York. We've all figured him out. He's a scammer. All right. Keep him. Let me go back here to uh, Goodwin. Uh, the governor is employing the governor, Hochul. Can you believe she's a governor? The governor is employing a version of the Rose Garden strategy, often used by incumbent presidents. In her case, Hochul apparently assumes that incumbency, combined with Democrats' huge enrollment advantage, will be enough. And so her public appearances are mostly ribbon cuttings and other ceremonial events where she acts as if she's too busy doing the job to bother with actual campaigning. Meanwhile, she has refused to commit to any debates and uses her fundraising windfall to buy TV ads that link Zeldin to Trump. Does anybody really watch TV like that anymore, I wonder? If she starts spouting MAGA, MAGA, MAGA in a lurid red light, you'll know she's gone full Joe Biden. Zeldin is a really impressive guy, by the way. He's a lawyer. He's a combat veteran of Iraq. And a veteran of the Congress, she, he actually managed to get himself reelected uh, several times from a competitive district on Long Island. Unlike uh, Kathy Hochul, who got the Congress and uh, uh, for two years, just once, just once, and uh, never managed to get herself back there. Um, in one respect, she's already gone beyond the president by declaring that Trump, Zeldin, and other Republicans should just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong. Remember that? You are not New Yorkers. Uh, if, on the other hand, Hochul plans to do anything about crime, the economy, or the already bad and declining school system, she's keeping it a secret. I believe she's committing a huge mistake in making it possible for a Republican to win a statewide race for the first time in 20 years. In fact, I've believed all along Zeldin has a real chance to win if he can raise enough money to be competitive in the ad wars and Hochul's non-campaign campaign is bolstering his chances. Yeah, this is where, folks, this is where we come in. Let's send this guy some money. I mean, look, you can send money to whoever you want. You don't have to send money. You know that disclaimer. I got to do that, right? But wouldn't it be great? You want to have a voice here? You want to just wait around? Till, I told you yesterday, cut Netflix. Use the money and give it to Zeldin. Give it to somebody you like. Don't buy Doritos. Change history. Change the world. Use that Dorito money to uh, uh, support a candidate you like. All right. New Yorkers, the ones who haven't already left for Florida, are in a foul mood. They have more than the usual reasons for belly aching, and they desperately want their government to fix what's broken. One example popped up the other day with a report that the MTA calculates it loses $500 million a year because of fair beating. Yeah, people jumping over the turnstile and not paying. That amounts to about 180 million rides that are free instead of $2.75 each, according to the Daily News. Free, of course, to those who jump the game, <laughs> jump the turnstiles or game them, you know, squeeze through or board buses at the back. An MTA report estimated 12.5% of subway riders and 29% of bus riders cheat the system that way. Those are phenomenal numbers, unlike anything ever recorded you know, we basically legalized stealing. We did. Remember AOC with their stuff about that, that myth, that lie that uh, thousands of uh, young men of color were arrested on Rikers Island for 
doing nothing other than trying to ride the subway for free. Great big lie, by the way. Uh, but this is a real problem now. Uh, the cheating is contagious because, proving the broken windows theory, nobody is stopping it. Yet, although Hochul controls the MTA board, I've never heard her denounce the outrageous ripoff or call for more police enforcement. A governor who understands the frustration of honest-paying riders would find the situation intolerable and demand it be addressed. That's not the governor we have. Instead, Hochul is pushing for expensive congestion pricing. Oh, yeah, that's going to work, right? Congestion pricing. How dare they? How dare you know I I've lived all over the country. I drove for 9 years in the Marine Corps. Everywhere you could go with a car, I went there. I would drive back to New York sometimes for a weekend. I would spend more in a weekend on tolls in New York City than I would in a year, year and a half, 2 years driving around the country. All added up. Uh, it's incredible what we put out in tolls. No congestion pricing. No congestion pricing. I hate that idea. Uh, and it doesn't work, by the way. People learn that they don't want to pay $23 to go <laughs> south of 63rd Street or whatever. It didn't work in London. It's not going to work here. It's not going to raise any money, really. People will talk about gaming the system. And this is a free country, gosh, damn it. You should be able to drive where you want to drive. If it's a public road, hey, these roads, we already paid for them. And they're not great. All right. So that's the way Albany, that's the Albany way. And situations like fair beating reveal the systemic uh, rot driving the state's decline. Violent crime is out of control. Taxes continue to rise. The state still has not recovered all the jobs it lost during the pandemic. And the city's unemployment rate stands at 6.1% against 3.7% nationally. Hey, I was on the train today, by the way. This was my third ride of the year. And today I got myself good and scared. Thank goodness there was this big, muscular, beefy guy who I, I just could tell if things went south, this guy was going to, well, I hope he was going to help. I had a feeling he would, look, he looked like he was on his way to a job. And there was another guy who was looking, hey, he was acting suspiciously. And he was one of those characters riding between the cars. You know, he was he kept on going back between the, what's he doing? And he's looking at one car and then the other car and he'd come in and he'd look at everybody. Then he'd go back. And, oh, by the way, his pants were hanging down to his knees. I did not like the feel. Why would you go between the cars? What? Nobody should be going in there other than the motorman or the conductor, whatever you call him. So this guy had not only me freaked out, everybody on the train was like, what is going on with this character? But fortunately, we had this big guy. And I have a feeling that's why he kept reevaluating his situation and going back between the cars, just checking on this guy if he was still there. And he was. When he got off, I got off. Uh, fortunately, uh, it was my stop anyway. So be careful down there, seriously. I don't know if this is going to hold up. I'm sick of paying $400 a month in taxi cabs. You know, I am a cheapskate when it comes to a lot of things. Uh, transportation, uh, toothpaste, um, uh, diets, just all kinds. of. I don't, I don't like paying money unnecessarily. Nobody does. Then again, some people don't care. All right. All these uh, issues and other factors into the popularity of remote work. People, many people who got used to working from home during the pandemic, cite crime, difficult commutes and high costs as reasons why they don't want to return to the office full time in the city. That, too, is a threat to Gotham's prosperity, our city's prosperity. Hochul, 
hardly ever talks about any of these things. As I've noted, this is Michael Goodwin, she promises potential donors she will do more after she's elected, but that's never going to happen. If she can get elected doing nothing, there's no incentive to tackle the hard problems. If she won't exert maximum effort now, she never will. All right, now we talk about here uh, uh, Zeldin's surge. Good one. The widespread sense that New York is on automatic pilot to a rendezvous with disaster largely explains the latest poll showing Zeldin rapidly closing the gap with Hochul. The survey conducted by the Trafalgar Group found Hochul with just a four-point lead over the Long Island congressman. Previous polls found her ahead by anything from 14 to 24 points. The poll of 1,100 likely voters put Hochul at 47.8% and Zeldin at 43.4%. And you know what? Still a lot of folks aren't that focused on politics right now. We just got through the summer. Traditionally, this is the time when people really start paying attention. In a phone interview after the press conference, I asked Zeldin uh, what he made of the poll. He noted that Trafalgar is widely respected and said that, I've always felt that we would be in a close race at this point. This is a good place to be. Trafalgar is great, by the way. I think it was one of the few polls in the world that said Trump would win in 2016. He talks about the strong reception he gets at big events, including the West Indian Day Parade in Brooklyn and the Dominican Day Parades in the Bronx of Manhattan. Something is happening, he said. Hochul has an enthusiasm gap. Uh, People just aren't that enthusiastic about her. Again, he mentions crime and the economy. He says they were the top two issues when he announced his candidacy 17 months ago, with 75 percent of voters citing one or the other consistently the top two issues. And that remains the case today. You know, probably not for Kathy Hochul on my Newsmax show. I'll show you again tonight when she went to the Belmont Stakes or the big uh, horse race there. Uh, she had something like 80 guards with her. She had state troopers. She had local police. She had county police. She had uh, a contingent, I think, of New York City cops with her. She had security guards with her from the racetrack. She had about 80 people walking. And in the middle, she's like um, she's like the Queen of England, you know, with her fake purse and the little waves. Very strange. Very strange. Um Ultimately, the election will turn on whether New Yorkers are fed up enough to vote for a change of leadership. The national political mood will also play a role. And if something close to a red wave materializes, don't be shocked if Zeldin is the next governor. Well, all right. I want a bit more enthusiasm than that. I think he can do it, but we got to help. And there is one sane person, I think, who would look around and say, we want more of this. We want somebody who will maintain Andrew Cuomo's legacy. No, we don't want his hand-picked successor, which she is, by the way. And why did Andrew Cuomo pick Kathy Hochul? Because she's a nobody. Because she was not, uh, not threatening. She was a uh, modest person of modest ability. And uh, although she's rich, by the way, big time, big time rich. Uh, back to Buffalo with you, Kathy. That's way. That's the way it's looking. I love it. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Mark Levin, I'm so glad he's on the station here. 6 to 9 uh, p.m. He had a great um, uh, speech that he played by some professor out west who talked about Trump in the most remarkable Way You've heard me say before, not only do I like Trump's policies, but I like Trump. I like his style. I like his uh, 
I like the tweets. I like the candor. I like it. I like the toughness. I like the humor. Uh, but there are a lot of Republicans out there who say, oh, I don't like his uh, behavior. I just like his policies. Well, uh, this professor goes through it in uh, really in a, in a very impressive way, very powerful, shows you how Trump, the personality, actually is more important and even more useful for the country right now. You need a guy like him to fight this fight. He is the only one equipped, the only one who can do this, who would do this, and the only one who is not faking it. The authenticity is so huge. I'll try to play you a clip. It's 17 minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing like Mark did, uh, although you can find it on the podcast. It's uh, terrific. Hey, they cannot ask. Somebody asked me the other day, what question would you ask of uh, Hunter Biden or Joe Biden if you uh, had the chance? Well, uh, number one, <laughs> Tony Bobolinsky. First of all, I just mentioned the name and watch them watch the blood drain out of their face. They would be, uh oh, uh oh, Tony Bobolinsky. Yeah, he should be the most famous man in America. But the fake news, uh, big tech have tried to bury him. But boy, oh, boy, does Tony Bobolinsky have a story to tell. Cut 36. Good evening. My name is Tony Bobolinsky. I served as a lieutenant in the United States Navy with high security clearance. My father and grandfather both served for decades in our country's armed forces. Since leaving the Navy, I've been involved in various successful businesses, both in this country and abroad. I'm making the statement to set the record straight about the involvement of the Biden family, Vice President Biden, his brother, Jim Biden, and his son, Hunter Biden, in dealings with the Chinese. I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. Wow. That's dynamite stuff. He said it in October of 2020. The FBI should have been all over him. Uh, the media should have been all over him. Finding out what does he have to say? Nope, nope, nope. He was silenced. And the story was chased off the Internet. There's more. Tony Bobolinsky, part two, please. I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, approx and a, at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. After that meeting, I had numerous communications with Hunter, Walker, Gillier, and Jim Biden regarding the allocation of the equity ownership of Sinohawk. On May 13, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy, in that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, Joe Biden, and Jim for Jim Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy or my chairman. On numerous occasions, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be mentioned in writing, but only face to face. In fact, I was advised by Gillian and Walker that Hunter and Jim Biden were paranoid about keeping Joe Biden's involvement secret. Now, the only American newspaper that would write this story in the fall of 2020 was the New York Post. And they were kicked off the Internet, almost literally kicked off of Twitter. The only network other than Newsmax that would talk about Tony Bobolinsky was Fox. 
but they all held their nose, and only Tucker, only Tucker was the guy who would who would really address it. So that's the uh, most important thing, and they don't trust us enough. They don't like us enough. Why would they? Why would they, you know? So you could say that the election was rigged. And not even talk about voting machines and the unconstitutional and the illegality of a lot of votes. You know, you can influence an election, right? Don't they like to say that? The election was influenced by keeping that story away from us. By the FBI going to Facebook and saying, don't run the story about Hunter's laptop. We we think it's Russia disinformation. Yeah, sure you do. And now Bill Barr, who knows, knows in his heart that they were playing games with the election. Now he's become he's 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 like uh, he's like the new Jeffrey Tubin. Remember him, the, the liberal legal scholar. Cut three. Bill Barr. Opinion, I think, was wrong, and I think the government should appeal it. Uh, it it's deeply flawed in a number of ways. <clears throat> I don't think the appointment of a special uh, master is going to hold up, but even if it does, I don't see it fundamentally changing the trajectory. I, in other words, I don't think it changes the ball game so much as maybe we'll have a rain uh, rain delay for a couple yeah. of innings. But I think that the fundamental dynamics of the case are set, which is the government has very strong evidence of what it really needs to determine whether charges appropriate. Which, all right, Bill Barr uh, is mad at Trump. I think because Trump embarrassed him. I also think Bill Barr has a drinking problem. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. (sighs) Feels good. (sighs) I feel healthy. It's one of those times. I stubbed my toe the other day, and oh, my gosh, it was such pain. And then I had an ingrown toenail. And it was like, if only I could appreciate how good it felt not to have an ingrown toenail. And um, this is one of those moments where I just totally feel completely healthy, albeit uh, I've got some extra pounds in the midsection. But other than that, I feel healthy. Hey, people are wondering, why did I say that Bill Barr has a drinking problem? Well, have you looked at him? Number one, I saw him drinking on television. He was drinking on the NBC Dateline show with Lester Holt. And he's got a big old scotch. Now, I assume it could have been apple juice, but he was drinking it from, you know, you don't drink apple juice out of a out of a scotch glass, okay? You drink it out of a sippy cup. And Bill Barr was he's no sippy cup guy. He's a scotch guy. And he's he's in his uh, big leather chair and he's reading his books and he's got scotch right there. I mean, I get it. They wanted to you know, get what they call B-roll, you know, just act natural. Well, he poured himself a drink and started throwing it back on television. When he was promoting his book a while. And then he goes on television and he sits like a total slouch. I saw him on the Brett Bear show. He was like, I, I just, I, I couldn't believe the way he was sitting. You could find it on my Twitter. Sit up, Bill Barr. Sit up. Guy's got a problem. And you know what? Hey, I had the same problem, man. And life is so much better. I don't care if it, you probably felt all cozy in your den with your scotch and somebody told you, like, but then all of a sudden you got a problem. Lay it off. Lay off it. Buddy, and uh, and you say crazy stuff like you've been saying. You know, I know he knows. He said it. He said it out loud. As a matter of logic, this election is open to fraud and abuse, and you're playing with fire. Hey, do me a favor. Let's get that, okay? It's from the summer of 2020, uh, Bill Barr with Wolf, Wolf Blitzer, all right? You're playing with fire, Wolf. 
And Wolf is like, we have no evidence of widespread elec- uh, election fraud ever. It, so far, we haven't tried it. Wolf, we have a very closely divided country right now. And as a matter of logic, people changing the rules mid-campaign is open to fraud and abuse. And people are playing with fire. Now, I think what happened to him was he decided, well, if to call out the election shenanigans. And some of it arguably wasn't within his jurisdiction, arguably, but he should have done something about it. He thought that there would be a great big crisis, and part of his uh, job as a chief law enforcement officer would be to maintain civil order. I, I, I think he rationalized in his head how to do nothing, how to stand by while that thing got, uh, well, they really hate it when I say stolen. And I can't, granted, I can't prove that the election was stolen, but I can prove that about a million votes in Pennsylvania were cast illegally. I can prove that any vote that was placed in a ballot box in Wisconsin was done so illegally. And it's not just me. The state Supreme Court agrees all of those votes in a ba- in a freaking ba- ballot drop box. Think about a mailbox. It's metal. It's been there forever. It's under lock and key. You can't tell what's inside it. Could be anything from a, I don't know, a birthday card to diamonds. And they got a whole force. They got police inspectors and, and postal inspectors and postal police to make sure it's safe. We don't have anything like that for elections. You got it? All right. Now, here's Bill Barr. And I think this is back when he was, well, when he was brave and when he was focused on the Constitution and not terribly worried about the fake news. And here he is taking it on. I I, I don't see how he lives these comments down. He was right. And how could he not? Well, do me a favor. Play it. So far, we haven't seen widespread Fraud, but so far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is that a lot of us, uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, this is playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here, and if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion is reckless and dangerous, and the people are playing with fire. As a matter of logic, thank you, Bill Barr, what happened to you? I'm just being logical when I raise questions about the 2020 election. It was open to fraud and coercion, and to change the rules the way they did outside of the law, outside of the Constitution, that was dangerous. They're responsible. They're responsible. January 6th. Gosh, they're still hanging their hat on January 6th. Uh, as I said last night, MAGA had one bad day, January 6th. And you know what? I'm sorry, but it looks like the FBI may have um, kind of nudged the situation a bit. I know the Capitol Police did. I know it. I prove it every night on my show almost. The little cop waving people in, cops standing on either side of the hallway as uh, protesters come on in. Those three cops walking away from their post just before Ashley Babbitt was shot killed. I mean, uh, it's not right. Hey, when are the when are the September? I'm sorry, the January sixth hearings going to happen? They're going to actually happen uh, this month. Can you believe their audacity? Can you believe it? How did? How can they do that? 
One day. You know, the people at Breitbart had this amazing video. They had um, Biden speaking in Philadelphia last week, and on the split screen they had the carnage from Antifa and Black Lives Matter and crazy leftists from Seattle, their Chaz and all that stuff that was happening across the country. Um, we're not responsible for that. We did not do that. We did not burn down cities and burn down police stations. They did. They did. Um, Vic in Pennsylvania, what's up? How you doing, Greg? Uh, Greg, I guess you're aware of this, that uh, the Trump rally, uh, Newsmax kicked butt. They had uh, more viewers than Fox and uh, with MSLSD and CNBC uh, combined. And uh, yeah, I, I, well, didn't that, I, 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 well, you know who gets the credit? I guess a couple of people. Number one, the folks at Newsmax who made that decision and also Donald Trump. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> they were watching him. Some, I want to give you some credit, too. But, Why? Uh, you know, I didn't realize 20 million less viewers than Fox. And I tell you, I have YouTube TV. I can't get Newsmax on there. So I have to go other means to stream it. Yeah, do what you can, man. Do what you can. I get messages all the time saying, oh, I, you know, uh, your, your show was interrupted by uh, – uh, commercials or you mid-sentence, they cut me off and all kinds of shenanigans. And I think Fox might be playing some of those games, by the way. Yeah. Fox News itself. I have my right. I have my suspicions. I, I really do. But who knows? Who knows? Thanks, Vic, very much. Uh, let's do one more. William in Westchester. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg, love the show. Um, quick point. Uh, Trump has had to deal with so many headwinds when he was president. Uh, mainstream media, deep state, rhino Republicans, and then add to the list all these people he had to fire, all his advisors that get their nose out of joint. Mick Mulvaney, Scaramucci, Bolton, and Bill Barr is such a disappointment. It just shows such a lack of character that he can change his opinions just because he's got his nose out of joint. Trump had to fire him. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I just... uh, He's just had to deal with so much, so much adversity, and uh, Bill Barr. I mean, he just did a 180 in his opinions. I mean, it shows he's got no character. You know, some of these guys look. They go home. They go home. They don't live at the White House. I had an idea the other night. You know what they should do? Maybe they should have all these advisors live at the White House. I'm not kidding. Have them all under one roof. Just everybody camp out there. Stay there. Uh, they go back out into the world. They watch the fake news. They talk to their friends who don't know any better, who spend all their time demonizing Trump. Oh, I can't believe what he – how can you work for such a man? Oh, my goodness. They, they, they Just the entire mainstream media culture just horrified by this guy because, uh, what, he's a little he's a little aggressive because he's like us? He's like, we've all met guys like Trump before. We really have. Hey, the big problem he had was he relied on too many. He relied on the swamp to fill those swamp, uh, those slots. I don't think he'll do that again. In fact, I know he won't do that again. He is, he'll be a much better president the second time around. And he was a great president the first time around. Bob in Western New Jersey. What what does that mean? Where where close to Pennsylvania? No, I'm uh, Hackettstown. Hackettstown. Yeah, that's where they make the M&Ms, you know. You mean that's Hershey? Hershey, Pennsylvania. 
No, no. Hackettstown, New Jersey, is where the corporate headquarters for M&M Mars. Well, they don't make them there. Yes, they do. No, they don't. That's where the bosses hang out. They make them at Hershey, Pennsylvania. Nah, there's a lot of cars in the parking lot over there. They're doing something. Well, they got a lot of secretaries and helpers and stuff like that. They make them, they make them in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Bob, what's up? Well, Wrigley's bought out. Uh, bought them Bob, out I don't want to hear about the candy anymore. Okay. What's going on? Okay, well, a couple months ago, Bill Barr answered a summons, and he stated that it, I mean, you can't quote me exactly, but he stated that it wasn't the government's uh, the government's uh, uh. responsibility to oversee the election. It's the states. It took him a year and a half to say that. Well, and I got another little point. To he's make not. He's not a thousand percent wrong. There is something to that. However, so in my opinion, not a year and a half to say that. Well, I mean, I don't look. I I don't. I'm not on the edge of my seat. Maybe he wrote it in his book. I mean, look. I don't need him to say that. I know that. However. Something the federal government is in charge of when it comes to elections, uh, civil rights. I can make the case that, you know, if you're screwing with the election, if you're cheating somewhere, if you're adding votes, well, that deprives me of my civil rights. My vote doesn't count if someone somewhere is cheating. So you know how they look at the law and they stretch it and stretch it and make it so convoluted that maybe we can get Trump this way. Well, why wouldn't they do that? When it comes to looking at the election, the federal government could have done all kinds of things to ensure a safe, fair, clean, better election. But you know what? <laughs> they didn't want to. Make one more point. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, okay, Mike Lindell uh, requested uh, cast vote ballots from uh, all the states, and he's got 510 cast vote ballots. I don't even uh, know what that means. Okay, it's a report from the uh, county, and uh, there's 3,000 counties in in America. He's got information from 510 counties, and more is coming in. And I'm for my county. Uh, hey, look, Mike Lindell. I Mike, hey, I got to say something about Mike Lindell. He is a great guy, and he's really good at the slippers and the pillows, but he's not good at data crunching. He needs to hire the best guy in the world. And let him do all of this work, or her. Because when he starts talking about it, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. I just don't. I'm sorry. And this is not his, it's no ding. It's no, I'm not dissing him. It's not his field of expertise. And he gets lost in the weeds and nobody knows what he's talking about. I'm sorry, Bob. I like him, but he uh, he needs help. I mean, he needs assistance. He has to buy, he has to hire good people and let them no no Bob Bob but he does not let them talk. It's always the it's always the uh, Mike Lindell show. I mean he puts himself in the commercials, he writes the book about himself, he goes on the TV interviews himself. He's he's a little bit he's a little bit of a camera hog in my opinion. Anyway, thanks. Thanks uh, Bob. Um and where do those M&Ms come from by the way? Where 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 do they come from? Um do they come from do they come from? Oh, so the police commissioner is speaking right now. Do we care what she says? Um, who is the police commissioner? Seriously, what is her name? <laughs> uh, nobody knows because she's keeping a very low profile. But I hear, is she going to celebrate because they, <laughs> not as many people were murdered in August as they expected? 
I got to hear this. Hold on. Let's go ahead. Open the mic if you would. Safer. But as we've been saying all along, we cannot do this alone. We still continue to engage our youth with programs and other community outreach. But while we are turning a corner in important areas, it is absolutely vital that we do so with the full support of our community and law enforcement partners. All right, this is what she does. She makes speeches. It's not the presentation. It's not the briefing of the press. It's the stuff that happens behind closed doors. It's the where the rubber meets the road. And I, I think we have too many uh, people in City Hall and police headquarters who are focused on, uh, does it sound good? I mean, isn't this why Eric Adams hired her? Because of her emotional intelligence, whatever the hell that is? How about your experience leading big city police departments? That's more crucial, I believe. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Mr. Mr. Obama is back at the White House right now. And everybody's making a big fuss about Barack. And uh, once again, Joe Biden is being dissed, being ignored, being overlooked. It happened the last time, excuse me, Obama showed up at the White House. What are they doing now? Oh, they're showing off the new paintings of Barack and Michelle Obama, even though they were ready like four years ago. And you know what? These open-minded people committed to uh, democracy, right, and uh, our precious norms, they did not want to uh, go to the White House when Donald Trump was there. They would not do it. How um, how petty. How petty. Anyway, these paintings are totally crummy. There's one of Obama. I mean, a presidential portrait. We know what it's supposed to look like, all right? He's supposed to be sitting in a chair with a big book and maybe a map of the world or something like that and wearing a suit, um, you know, just something presidential. Uh, what is this with Obama? What is what what is that? So he's floating in a sea of uh, poison ivy. He's floating in a sea of poison ivy and he has that smug look on his face and he's not even wearing a tie. Floating on a sea of poison. What kind of what message are we getting from this? And the uh, the one of Michelle, I'm sorry, but num- number one, her head is way too small. It's like the body is is big. It's billowing. It's under a, a big dress. It's, it doesn't look like it's finished. It looks like, what do they call those things? A lithograph. It's not yet finished. It's like a silk screen or something like that. Uh, and her head is too small. I'm sorry. The body is too big. The head is too small. It's not flattering for Michelle. You see, I'm sticking up for her. So that ceremony is taking place right now at the White House. And there's silly Jill Biden, front row, clapping like crazy. Hey, I wonder what they really think. What do they say to each other at night? This is not going well. Hey, you know what is going well? My little mnemonic, mnemonic device that I came up with. Everyone's uh, talking about it. Liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Now, why do you, uh, why do you support Trump? Just rip out, rip off these, uh, rip off, rip off my idea. Okay, liberal stands for. Oh, gosh. Let's see here. Lying. L is for lying. I is for incompetent. Um, The B is for basement. Spends all of his time in the basement. 
E E energy price. Oh gosh, I got to hold on, hold on. Where am where, 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 I got it right here? I invented this damn thing. Why can't I? Why not, why can't I remember my mnemonic device? <laughs> uh, liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Here we go. The L in liberal is for liar. The I is for incompetent. That's it. B is for bizarre. E in liberal is for erratic behavior. Um, R is for racist. He's a racist. The A is for angry. And the L is for lazy. Now, people actually, when I unveiled this, are like, that's really harsh. I mean, come on. He's not. Why are you calling him a racist? Okay. Why do I call him a racist? Well... Let's see here. Cut uh, you'll hear. Um, where this is when he said, uh, "If you you ain't black, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black." Do you remember that? Didn't he say that to Charlemagne? To God is that his name? Cut thirty-five. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. How about that, huh? I don't think... It's funny. They just ignored that. That would have torpedoed any candidate 10 years ago. Finish them. You say that to a black man, you ain't black if you don't vote for me? How? how it doesn't get more racist than that. I'm sorry. All right? So he's a racist. Chaos. What does the chaos stand for? Crime out of control. His son, Hunter. A is for Afghanistan. Don't ever forget what happened there. O in chaos is for obscenity, obscene. We are obscenely pushing uh, sex conversations, gender issues on six-year-olds. S is for supply chain, okay? And B in Biden, wrapping this thing up, is for the border. We don't have one. The I is for inflation. It's out of control. The D is for disunity. E is for energy, gas prices, and N is for no respect. Nobody respects us around the world, all right? So remember, if you're ever in a pinch, um, liberal plus chaos equals uh, Biden. And I got to remember the the I in liberal is for incompetent. Uh, The E in liberal is for erratic. The B in liberal is for bizarre, and so on and so on, all right? I'll put it on my... um, I'll put it on my Twitter in a moment. Uh, I think that works. We have to stay focused. I'm not going to just go into the the finer points of this silly uh, uh, the court filing and what this prosecutor said and the DOJ because it's designed to be a distraction. That's what Merrick Garland is doing. That's what Ron Klain, who's Ron Klain, he's the chief of staff to uh, the president, Who's Susan Rice? These are mysterious figures who are pulling the strings. They came up with this dirty, dirty plot to um, for us to take our eye off the ball. Oh, and something else. General Mark Milley, I'd like to see that guy court-martialed. Uh, there was a brilliant piece in the Washington Times by this guy Farrell, who runs investigations for Judicial Watch. I had him on my show. Absolutely brilliant guy. And he says, given the leaks, given what he has said— Given what he's admitted to actually saying to the Chinese, don't worry, we're not going to attack you no matter what the president says. This is treasonous stuff, traitorous stuff. And uh, we do believe that he is uh, at least guilty of uh, gross insubordination. And oh, by the way, 
Millie, Mark Millie, when you retire or get fired, and they're probably going to fire you, right? I mean, hey, you're a white man. What? <laughs> Sorry, pal, but you uh, you want to know about white rage and all that stuff? Well, because you gave into all that crap and you made the military woke, you've also made yourself expendable. If you want to talk about skin color and what people look like all day, they're going to be coming for your job very, very soon. But you might be recalled to active duty by President Trump. You know, they can do that. There's a way to recall a general officer. Say Millie retires. Well, you can never actually technically totally retire from the military. It gets a little bit complicated, but the president has the power to recall these guys. And I would love it. Love it. Recall him to fire him all over again, to court martial and maybe even throw him in jail. Yeah, I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, new paintings of Michelle and Barack Obama have just been unveiled, and they stink. I'm no art critic, but I think they stink. I, I don't, I don't get it. Why do we need another picture? They look like photographs. It's, it's not the one. Gosh, they had another one. So they had the one of him floating in the poison ivy. Uh, with no tie on. And this is another one where he's, it's like the white album from the Beatles. And he's just standing there uh, with a, with no look on his face. Remember when you were a kid, they always told you to smile, smile for the camera. And then, you know, I noticed that rock stars and on album covers and, you know, and models, they never smiled. They never really smiled. And then, um, and then you got this. Yeah. You get to a certain, I don't know what it is, but you're not supposed to smile. Smiling. You don't look cool when you smile for a picture. And he, they're not smiling. I don't know. Do we need another one? And there he is back at the podium pretending he's president all over again. Or maybe he's just flexing his muscle because he's really running things anyway. Uh, here's the deal. Joe Biden is so corrupt, so compromised, and everybody knows it. And Barack Obama himself said he wanted an arrangement where um, he would be calling the shots from behind the scenes and the front man would just be doing whatever he said. He'd be fine with that. Remember, he said that to um, Stephen Colbert, of all people. So, uh, why are they? Aren't there more important things to do? What time is it? It's 2 o'clock on a weekday. It's 2 o'clock on a weekday. Work for America. And they're worshiping. They're spending the afternoon worshiping Barack Obama. Two new silly portraits. Do this on the weekend. We know what he looks like. We know he's slim. We know he's handsome. Who cares? There's real stuff going on. But uh, no, no, that's the that's the big that's the big joke. They really don't care about you. They don't care about me. Uh, they just care about power, and they want to keep it for themselves. Oh, back to General Mark Milley, who, by the way, speaking of fatso's. He's way overweight. Now, granted, I am too, but I'm not on active duty military, and this guy is. 
And this is why he should have been sent seaworthy a long time ago. Cut 33, please. Cut 33. As many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week, that sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. Nobody raised any questions about this until he made an issue out of it, until he made a stink about it. He can't appear with the, what, you're too good for, you're too good for the president, General Milley? Yeah, well, that's what the swamp told you to do, and you did it. Hey, by the way, some caller mentioned this. By the way, our callers are fantastic. You guys have great insights, and I appreciate it very, very much, even though sometimes I try to rush you off the phone. Uh, you got a lot of amazing um, uh, intelligence out there, and uh, collectively uh, you figure things out. So when Trump took the oath of office in 2017, in the middle of the speech, a bunch of soldiers start walking around right behind him. Backwards, forwards, single file, double file, backwards, forwards, creating a total distraction. It was like it was a real problem. What were they doing? And I I know. I don't know who it was. I don't know who gave them the signal or what, but Donald Trump was landing too many punches, making people in the swamp feel uncomfortable. And that was an effort to trip him up. That was the first, the very first moment i mean it already got underway before he became president but that was an effort to trip up trump now you can't trip this guy up he's that good he's that strong and uh we're lucky to have him i know he's coming back this thing is not to be worried about sorry bill barr you have it wrong for all that schooling you don't have any guts you are afraid so you give in you give in to your your career cronies. We didn't elect anybody at the Justice Department. Career prosecutors, also known as people who need jobs. Why are you so enamored with them, Bill Barr? Cut four. I think if DOJ appeals eventually, it would be overturned. How, how long will that take? Well, that's why it could be delayed. I hope they expedite it. But it could it could could take several months to get that straightened out. Several months for this thing to get straightened out. Okay, so I think they saw their own ghost. They got a little bit scared, and no one's going to do anything until after the midterms. You can't do anything. You can't make another move until after the midterms, right? Uh, no, they're not going to try it. They're not going to push it. They're not going to push their luck. Or maybe they will. I don't know how this could – I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out. Hey, yesterday at 2 o'clock, 24 hours ago, I was sitting here, and I wanted to see what the fake news, just a couple of moments before I come on air, I wanted to see what the news was at 2 o'clock. MSNBC, this is September of 2022. Yesterday was what, the 6th, the 7th, the 6th, and this is what they led with. Cut 47. Good to be with you. I'm Katie Turr. The courts did something remarkable today. A New Mexico judge made the first decision to remove a public official from office based on insurrection. It was a January 6th story. And some guy who was uh, there on January 6th, who didn't break anything, who didn't hurt anybody, just lost their job because they said he was, well, you heard, an insurrectionist. But again, I could see 215, 230, 221. But right off the bat, they're talking about 
January 6th. One bad day, as opposed to uh, 900 horrible days orchestrated and exploited by Democrats, the far left. Um, I think the odds are uh, on our side. But wait a second. I don't want to look back, right? Karine Jean-Pierre, we don't want to focus on the past. Isn't that right? Madam Press Secretary who can't talk, cut 48. I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today. That's beautiful, right? We're going to focus on today. We're going to focus on the here and now and the future. Uh, Except, of course, (laughs) that one day in 2021 in January, two seconds later, she says this, cut 49. Let's not forget what happened on January 6, 2021, when we saw an insurrection, a mob that was incited by the person who uh, occupied this campus, this facility in, at that time. And it was an attack on our democracy. Let's not forget, people died that day. <laughs> Ashley, Bide, uh, Ashley Babbitt died that day. Ashley Babbitt, U.S. Air Force veteran, unarmed woman, Happened to be a white woman. And you know how I feel about white women, right? You know how I feel about people. I think everybody's great. I think everybody's equal. I love everybody. I don't have to like everybody, but I love everybody. Everybody's here for a reason. However, in the eyes of the mainstream media, if you happen to be white and you happen to be a woman, oh boy, you better check your privilege. White privilege. Oh, you just, just, you show up guilty. You show up guilty, right? Just appearing. And you better behave or else you are a Karen. And you really better behave or else you will be a victim. I mean, I'm sorry. There is a climate out there. There is a sense. Uh, white women get out of line, you know, and forget about being a victim of a crime. I'm talking about, you know, having a small altercation, a dis- disagreement with the cashier at a store or some guy going into your building who you've never seen before. (laughs) Everybody is just a a millimeter away from becoming national news and canceled, canceled. I'll never forget that woman from St. Louis happened to have blonde hair, happened to be walking a poodle. Ooh, must be rich, right? Having one of those fancy dogs with the Italian haircut must be, must be a rich woman. And you know how we feel about rich women who don't, uh, who argue, have the temerity to stick up for themselves and say, hold on a second, I live here, do you? I would do that all the time in my condo, by the way. I would. I, 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 I either know you or I don't. The doorman wasn't always there. Excuse me. How many times do we have to read about somebody sneaking into a building and grabbing, going into, it happens. This is real life. This isn't some. Uh, this isn't some commercial for uh, Benetton or uh, Nike or or something like that. This is this is the world. It's not a safe place. <laughs> Peter in New Jersey, yes, sir. Hello, Greg. I like to speak about the unions, especially the public unions that are under the the government's thumb. Now, there was just recently reported that the union, the teachers' union, was spying on the parents. Now, is this the tip of the iceberg on all unions that are public that are going to be spying on America? Huh? Yeah, no, that would be horrible. How are you, Peter, otherwise? 
I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Um, uh, working from home, feeling the walls closing in on me. But uh, what do you do? I work in the business sector, of corporate uh, corporate America. The business uh, sector of corporate America. That's uh, hmm. That's pretty uh, broad. Uh, the business banking. sector. Well, come on. Banking. Well, banking. Yes. All right. All right. You do well, right? Uh, not really. You spend a lot of time that. listening to the radio at work. I'll tell you that. No, I'm home. I, I got the radio right by me. No, that's what I mean. But you're working. Home. You're working from home. Yeah, this is why right. the boss doesn't want all the people working from home because they gaff off and they do other things. I'm. I, I love to have you, Peter. Don't get me wrong, but I. You know, cash is king. I need dough like anybody. Speaking of which, I got to go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All righty. A uh, happy birthday to uh, Anne-Marie Murphy. Anne-Marie Murphy, happy birthday to you. Personally, I don't make such a big deal out of birthdays. I mean, after 10, the age of 10, isn't it kind of, aren't we uh, done with it? But uh, some people, quite frankly, especially women, uh, they can't get over, uh, you know, that I'm having a birthday party. And I, I know 30-something women spend all their time going to each other's birthday parties. Uh, it's very, uh, it seems very middle school to me. But anyway, the, the, uh, Anne-Marie Murphy, though, we do wish you a, a sincere happy birthday. Uh, and from what I'm hearing is uh, she didn't go all out, you know, didn't hire a boat and do all that stuff because I don't do anything. You know what I thought was the coolest thing in the world? Clint Eastwood is in Escape from Alcatraz. And somehow they're sitting around the table and they're talking and birthdays come up and somebody says, when's your birthday? You know what he said? I don't know. <laughs> Just like, wow, that's pretty cool. I, I, I don't know. There's something like, you know, but I know when my birthday is. Everybody knows when their birthday is. And that's, uh, hey, once again, you know what we're supposed to do? If we can, you know, a lot of sometimes our mothers have passed on and that kind of thing. But uh, if you can and it's on your birthday, try to do something nice for your mother. Acknowledge it. We got it all backwards. It's all about the child. We did nothing on our birthday. We really did nothing but our our parents, what they had to go through, the stuff they had to put up with, you know, a lot, a lot. You ever notice that in the TV shows, uh, it's always the parents who are jerks and the children are always the, you know, the enlightened ones. And it's, it's usually the other way around, you know, uh, children can be such brats. Oh, except my lovely, lovely uh, uh, babies uh, here. You want to hear one? Um we had this little this little segment called Baby Talk. Now, unfortunately, this is um, she's not really saying much of anything. She's just kind of ups- generally upset. But tell me if it's cute or not, okay? Hold on. she's trying to say is she doesn't want to watch this show called the wiggles she wants to watch elmo but she gets very possessive of the word wiggles and you know just oh and today she said please we, we, we she wanted a little muffin and my wife said you have to say please and she said please and i just thought it was really funny the way she said it i said please and she starts crying she gets so angry because i think she knew 
I was making fun of her. Hey, there's a new movie out. Uh, I think it's called My Son Hunter. My Son Hunter. This has been in, in the works for a long time. The people from Breitbart, the conservative outfit, have uh, have made this movie possible. A lot of it was filmed in Europe. And, I mean, let's face it, it's an amazing story. I mean, it's a bad story for the country. But the vice president's son gets in all that trouble and documents it all on the laptop and is selling influence all over the world and blowing the money on hookers and cocaine and crack. Um, I mean, that's that's an interesting story. But Hollywood doesn't want to tell it. Well, some interesting people got together and decided we're going to tell this story. And it's called My Son Hunter. I think you can just go to the Internet and actually watch it. Is that is that the deal? I want to get more information on that. Sandra is standing by. Uh, hey, welcome back, Sandra. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Um, I asked my husband to get me the film, and he did get it. It does cost $22 to watch. Maybe as time goes on, you'll get it for free. But it was a reenactment of Hunter Biden with all the cover-up by the news media. Lots of sex, lots of drugs, like everything we already Tell know. me more. But I'm telling you, it was very funny. They made a lot of humor. There was a lot of humor in it. They talk about... Um, um, Hunter, how he was so jealous of his brother, Bo. And I didn't know that Hunter not only had sex with Bo's wife, but with the sister at the same time. So you, so you find that out in the documentary. Wait a second. Who and, had sex um, with whose sister? What? Okay. You know that when, when, when Bo died, Hunter had sex with Bo's wife. That you know. We all know that. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't know that he also had together with the wife and the sister. Well, so that was a little, a little shocking to me. But, wait a second. You know, what sister? Whose sister? Wait. I, I, from what I, what I thought I saw on the documentary, Bo's wife had a sister. So he had sex not only with the wife when, when, when Bo died, but with the sister together. At the same time? Yes. Maybe I've been well, all wrong about this Hunter Biden guy. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, that's quite no. I'm I mean, sorry. I'm shocked. I can't believe he did that. Ay ay ay! Yikes! I don't know, but I think that's what I heard. Well, I mean, wait, wait a second. That's what you heard. I thought you yeah. saw the movie. I did, but that's what I heard when I was watching it. I, I saw the. Whole well, what thing. did you see? You know, I no, they don't show you having sex with the with the sister and and the wife. No, no, oh. they, he just talked about that. Oh, that. You know, yeah, no, but he does. They show a lot of sex stuff with all the other women uh-huh. throwing cash around like it was like nothing. Then, then, then he has a conversation with his father in in the car, and and the father says, "Look, I want to know what's going on," and he's grilling him about the laptop, what's in it, and and everything was in it, and it was just. And the guy who played him did a very good job. He looked just like him, acted like him. It was good. It was, you know, I mean, I got a little restless. I, I did want it to end after a while, but. Um, you know what? You all know, movies go on too too long. Almost all movies go on too long. All documentaries go on too long. This is not a documentary. All right. So how the hell do we see this? Did you find out yet, uh, uh, Kevin? Uh, yeah, there's a website you can go online and just look up the movie and uh, you can purchase it on there. Wait a second. I don't want to order a DVD. I don't even have a DVD player. Is that how it works? On your computer. Oh, download it. it on yeah. My husband's yeah, on his computer we watched it. All right. It was it was good. 
All right. Okay. All right. How does it end? No, don't tell us. Don't tell um, us. We know how it ends. I won't tell you. All right. Thank you yeah. very much. Oh, Thank you. What? Can I tell you one more thing? Sure. One more thing. Um, he got really excited when when he gets he finds the announcement that um, Trump is going to be impeached. So all of a sudden you go, yay! Now all the focus will be off me and it'll be on Trump. And that's like what the media does. Uh, well, yeah, it, it didn't really work out that way because the impeachment, I mean, uh, he was a big character in the impeachment. It was, he may have done that. Look, they got to make some things up. All right. They're going to make, it's, it's a, I can't imagine that that's what he was really thinking because they were debating Hunter and, and, and Joe and the corruption. I mean, that was all part of that impeachment. So who the hell knows what really happened, but I am anxious to see this. My son, Hunter, what's the website, Kevin? Tell us the website, please. Uh, MySonHunter.com. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you, Sandra, and thank you, everybody. We'll be right back. sense opinion red apple audio networks stories that shape our world greg kelly entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network yeah so uh eric adams's police department they're jumping up and down celebrating that i guess fewer people were shot in august than uh, the month before and they're patting themselves on the back for that. Um, folks, it's uh, that's not a big deal. <laughs> that's that's not impressive. And in fact, you know, I'm very concerned about crime. I um, you can feel it in the air. It's it's far more tense than it used to be. And you've probably seen some of it, the homelessness or whatever. But I'm trying to think. I'm not sure if I ever saw anybody outside of war, outside of Iraq. I don't think I've ever seen anybody get shot, like, you know, actually seen somebody get shot. I don't think I've ever seen it in New York. But I do see, like, regular crime, people getting roughed up, things like that, um, yelling and screaming. That stuff can be very, very unnerving. And do they really want to, and by the way, everything else is up. All kinds of violent crime, up. How they got some nerve to, ooh, we're making progress. Shootings are fewer people shot. No, that's not cutting it. 
That is not cutting it. I told you that this guy had absolutely no ideas, no ability to do anything. Eric Adams, lost, dazed, confused. Boy, de Blasio actually had his act together compared to this guy. Um, no expertise. And most politicians lack expertise, but most politicians actually, we don't give them all that much responsibility. Think about it. When you're a, when you're a congressman, when you're a senator, what do you really do all day long other than raise money and get ready for the campaign? You write letters. You make speeches. I mean, the staff of a congressman is like four people, 12 people. If you're a big senator with a lot of seniority, maybe a couple of dozen people. But they're just like assistants. They're people to help you do your job. You're not appointing anybody who's like doing a real job apart from supporting. That's a mayor. There are thousands of jobs that you got to appoint people to attract talent, find people, delegate. I mean, it's a real complex. It's too big, too big for a guy like Eric Adams, too big for most of the schnooks out there, quite frankly, um, who just so many of them just want to be famous. They just want to be, hey, Bob is in Trumbull, Connecticut. I'm sorry, but this is they just sent me a note. Your wife is on the wrong train, and somehow I'm supposed to help? Yes. How? She was supposed to be on Amtrak. They put her on Metro North because Amtrak runs on electric, and there's something wrong with the electric. They're putting her to this Grand Central or whatever. Do I need to put a 12-gauge in the car and go find her? And you just gave me, raised my blood pressure telling how dangerous it is in New York. Do I need to go find her? Uh, Bob, wherever you are, do me a favor. Stay where you are. Do not go outside. Number one, uh, that's the first off. Number two, your wife's going to be fine. Does she? Do you have a cell phone? you have cell phone contact? Uh, yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Look, I would say, I don't know... I, just all right. I just the other uh, and how, I don't know something about I don't know. She's telling me that they drop her off. I don't know wherever this Metro North stuff ends up. Hey Bob, I got a note here that says you're from Trumbull, Connecticut. Right now, it sounds like you're from uh, the deep woods somewhere. I, I I don't know. I mean, what's the deal? Come on, what are you? You pulling my leg here? What's going on? You're from Trumbull, Connecticut. No, bullet. I'm serious. Well, you sound like you're new to this region. No, I just, I never take a train down there. I don't go to New York. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm not going to talk you into coming here. I think it's good. Why is your wife uh, coming to New York? Nah, she was on her way to Virginia on Amtrak. Oh, I get it. So she's going to take Metro North and she's going to have to uh, change trains in uh, Grand Central, right? Yeah, and then get to what's that other train station? Penn Station. Okay. <sighs> um, how how dangerous is it to go from one to the other? What time is she getting here? It should be, I don't know, she's on the train now. It was a 1230 train that couldn't get to New York. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hey, look, Dude. I think, uh, hmm, uh, how old is she? Sixty-five. Yeah, I, I, I actually, quite frankly, Bob, I understand your apprehension about this. I do. Uh, 
She's coming here. She's got to go from Grand Central to Penn Station. Now, you can do that a couple of different ways. You can um, you can take the shuttle uh, to 42nd Street, Times Square. That's another adventure. And then you got to get off the, that train, and you got to take the one, two, or the three down to Penn Station. That's that's two times she's got to change. Uh, that's the two trains she's got to catch. I don't like that. She could take a cab. Now, however, getting out of Penn, getting out of Grand Central, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get a cab. Uh, there's a cab stand, but it doesn't always work right, and it's a bit confusing. Hmm, I'm trying to think what the relax, relax. It's going to be okay. Um, where? How far is Trumbull from New York? Uh, about ninety miles. Uh, Kevin, would you go pick her up at the pain the train station? Could one of you guys do that seriously? All right, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. Can you handle that? All right, I'm putting you on hold, Bob. Uh, he's going to help you. Someone here is going to help you. All right. All right. All right. Hey, Bob. Thanks, boy. There you go. All right. Uh, can you do this seriously? Just figure it out. It's it's going to be easy enough. All right. I'm okay. All right. Get his information. Find her, and that would be nice. All right. Thank you, Bob. We're going to do this. I think it'd be really great. Uh, the guy who's going to pick her up is uh, a little bit. Uh, well, he's got long hair and he's got a hat on. I don't think he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He may look a little bizarre, but I think it's going to be nice. You make sure she gets to the train, and we'll have done something great. Where? We got quite a track record here. We bought that one lady a walker. Uh, I sent an Uber to pick up that woman. Uh, and now we're helping Bob. You know, hey, this is, uh, we're giving back. We're giving back. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, back to the world. Oh, Project Veritas is up to something. I like these guys. Sometimes they deliver. Listen to what they did. They got the hidden camera and uh, they're going rogue here. Cut 26, please. Like what? What are the words? They say that like diversity is about. If they say something that lends itself to be colorblind, yeah, which could happen. Like oh, it's like you know, like everyone is equal. Like those things that are well-intentioned statements, but they're missing the depth of understanding yeah. of how like, the intersections of our identity um, live out in the world. All right. Project Veritas showed up at a Connecticut school and started asking pointed questions and recording the answers. And here they ask a principal of a school, would you hire a conservative? Uh, listen to what happens. Cut 29, Project Veritas. What would you do, though, as a principal if you knew there was a conservative applying? Would you hire such a no. person? Yeah, we have a very specific questions, and like ultimately, like our diversity, equity, and inclusion question, like our DEI question, is yeah. like it's very telling if somebody has like done a lot of work yeah. with, within themselves, within the profession. Um, but even conservative, like even well, and it comes out like if people don't answer the, that question right, yeah. they're just an automatic not. Wow. Uh, conservatives, not looking to hire conservatives. And if you haven't done the work, that's liberal code to if you haven't done a little bit of self-canceling, diversity, equity, and inclusion. What could be wrong with those words? Three beautiful words. But when you put them together, D-E-I, and you tie them to this liberal weirdo orthodoxy, you got a cancer in America. You got something that's ripping apart education, ripping apart our military, 
uh, trying to uh, render law enforcement impotent. DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Hey, what about excellence? Hmm? What about it? Nobody ever talks about excellence. You know, in the 1980s, there was a book, In Pursuit of Excellence, and it was the management book of the decade. And people were out there trying to achieve, be their best, bring their best game to the company, make the maximum contribution, be excellent. A while back, I had a little bit of a dispute with some folks about a matter. I'm not going to get into it. It wasn't the TV station. It wasn't the radio station, but it was a professional environment. And this person, uh, you know, their break started at this time. And this person was upset because that overlapped with their break. And they'd have to come back early. And then Joe couldn't take his break. And then you, Greg, are going to have to do X, Y, and Z. And none of this was about excellence. And I said, anybody who's thinking about excellence should be horrified by this conversation in email. And uh, nothing that they were talking about, nothing that America is really doing right now is about excellence, is about greatness. Except there's one great big exception. MAGA. Make America great again. Joe Biden thinks that's a bad word. He never sat down to actually think about it. Did you see my show last night? I actually made the case that Joe Biden has no soul. I really think he might not have a soul. I mean, you can... How do you define a soul? That's a tough one. That's that's kind of an existential question, I guess, right? Um, but remember the promise that he made, the solemn promise. Cut 31. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. All right, and you know what happened on Thursday, right? Okay, that was his big solemn pledge on that January day. Cut 30. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. That The Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Uh, I love the Constitution. I also really like law and order. Um, and opposing or actually questioning the the election results under the Electoral Count Act of, what is it, 1887? Well, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do that. Oh, boy. So there's a new documentary out, House of Hammer. Who knows who Army Hammer is? Oh, my goodness gracious. They are talk about cancellation. Army Hammer. He's a very good actor. I met him once. He played. uh, Do you remember that movie, the Facebook movie, the social network? He played the Winklevoss twins. He played both of them. Uh, What else was he in? He was in the movie about the FBI with uh, he was in that silly Italian movie. uh, My say my beautiful name or something like that. He played the American gay exchange student. Um, terrible movie, but a very good actor and a nice guy. I met him once. I've met all kinds of people and you can kind of tell who's the real deal and who I thought he was great. Um, happens to be a very tall and good looking guy and he's being canceled. So apparently rumor has it, he has a bit of a fetish, shall we say? Uh, now he hasn't actually done it, but it's something that turns him on cannibalism 
I can't say that's ever uh, floated my boat, but it's something that he likes to uh, imagine or talk about or think about or whatever. And now they're going, they're going, they're, they're, they're revealing all of his secrets. Somebody found his phone. Oh, boy. And Discovery has a great big TV show about it. And they interview all of his ex-girlfriends. Hey, ex-girlfriends. What? <laughs> Jeez. Ex-girlfriends. Yikes. I think I'm on pretty good terms with my exes, but, oh, boy. Uh, anyway, Army Hammer. You won't be seeing. Well, I don't know. He could come back. Hey, Alec Baldwin killed a person. He killed a person. And he's coming back. Did you see that? I saw I saw him interview. He did that big podcast with Woody Allen. Nobody even brings it up anymore. And here's one of the reasons. Because Alec Baldwin was famous pre-internet. Alec Baldwin was household name famous in the 1990s. I mean, big. Really, really big. So he was already in the hard drive of all of our you know brains, our computers. He was already there. And I don't think there's any budging that, really. You can't change it. Rob, do you know what I'm talking about? You're in Secaucus? Yes, I am. And? What I, what, I, what I called to talk about was something that I think would blow people's minds if they knew about it. Oh, my God. What? Okay. Well, there is uh, a couple of doctors out. The one guy uh, was uh, on Rogan by the name of Robert Malone, and he's talking about something called mass formation psychosis. If people don't know about this, they really need to. Because, you know, we talk about— Well, just tell it was what is it? Um, it is—it's it, very difficult to explain. I think the people need to— uh, All right, I'll on, Google it and I'll read about it. Anything else you want to say? Well, I think what it is, we talk a lot about, you know— like if somebody tunes into conservative news, as I always do, and then there's other people conserving into liberal news, they're going to get what they want. They're going to get, but it's not moving the needle on anything because we all already. How do you want to? How, how do you want to move the needle, Rob? All right, what, what do you? What, 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 what? We sit around the table these days, American people, and we say, "What is going on? Like, how did we wind up with the hip hop mayor, and how did we wind up with all of this crazy?" All right, Rob, save us, save us. What's the answer? The answer is. Mass formation psychosis and there it is. All right, I'm going to take a look at it. Uh, And that's the key to everything. Mass formation psychosis. Psychosis is an issue. That's a bad thing. You're saying this is just going to describe the problem. It's not a solution, right? It it describes what it is. This fascinating thing that we've all looked at each other and said, "What is wrong with these people who keep voting in contrast to their best interests?" Oh, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I've heard this in other words. Uh, Well, I uh, I don't know about the mass part. I mean, masses have all kind of divvied up. But all right, mass formation psychosis. Rob says, "Google it." I will, and I'll be right back. Greg Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, this is really nice. So we're helping uh, Mrs. Bob, that guy Bob from Trumbull, Connecticut, who was kind of freaked out, understandably so, about his wife coming to the big city. He was She was taking Amtrak to Virginia, but Amtrak wasn't working, so they had to put her on Metro North. And then he got a little bit concerned when he found out he, she had to go from Grand Central Station to Penn Station and all the stuff that, you know, was going on here in New York. So... We dispatched our trusty Pete, who works here in the radio station in the tech booth right next to Kevin. 
and he is waiting for Mrs. Bob's wife. Uh, I hope they have her name and a big sign or something like that. Anyway, he's going to wait for her to make sure she gets on her way down there to Virginia, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, most likely. Ever see that in The Honeymooners when they get on the wrong train, by the way? It's one of the greatest episodes. It's one of the greatest moments in all of um, human history, quite frankly, when Ralph and Norton are uh, struggling to uh, get into those bunk beds with the handcuffs on. And, of course, the monkey mask. It's absolutely great stuff. Oh, gosh. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, What else is going on? I think that, uh, well, we're almost done, and they're bragging about crime going down. It's not going down. Uh, We actually spent taxpayer money on a portrait ceremony at the White House, they're still sp- spending taxpayer money prosecuting Trump, hassling him, Mar-a-Lago, a great big waste of time. Uh, what am I going to do tonight, by the way? I've got a couple of things on my agenda. Uh, gonna, uh, crime, I'm getting a little bit. You know what I am going to do? We're going to talk about white women and how they have been demonized and vilified by so much of this culture, uh, quite frankly, other white women putting down white women. I don't think it should care what your color is, what your gender is, any of that stuff. But if we have made it uncomfortable for a certain group, we have made it uncomfortable for white women. Check your privilege. I'm always hearing from uh, the MSNBC weekend crew. Check that privilege, that white privilege. And uh, I, I just wonder, you know, you have all of this toxic stuff, all of this toxic hatred, this anti-Trump hatred. I want to convince some liberals, if you don't like Trump, fine. All right. You don't like his manner. You don't like this. You don't like that. Do you like cancel culture? Do you like affirmative action? Do you like all this? Do you like crime? Do you like the way we got out of Afghanistan? Do you like having a proven liar as president? Um, I think that this president makes the, it's almost like we're the players and we want a decent field to play on. And I think the president will give us that. America being the playing field. Uh, Biden and his crew, they want to erase it all. They don't want, uh, they want to call off the game. And have us do manual labor, something weird. There is something sinister. I haven't yet put it all together, but something's going on, and I don't like it. Hey, wait a second. Christine, you got something to say about the portraits? Hello. I'm so glad I got to you. Um, the the person, is it's a woman who is the artist who did Obama's Poison Ivy portrait and Michelle's. I don't remember the name. I'm walking. Are you the one who like? Are you the one who used to watch my show on Good Day New York? Is that you? No, no, I I never got through to you before. All right. So what's up? Um, anyway, the person who who drew those portraits, if you can get someone to just research for your show tonight, um, her other portraits and drawings and paintings, and it's like talk about toxic. It's like beheadings and all this weird stuff. I'm serious. Just look at the pers- the artist's other work. Well, it's that's demonic, uh, that's a good suggestion. I, I actually, that's one thing in the, my guest segments later in the show, we are endeavoring to get an art critic on who's actually somewhat of a conservative, which you don't find too much in the art world. 
to give us an assessment of uh, of these paintings. However, I will say this: the 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 floating poison ivy one is not the new portrait. We've all seen that. There's a new one of him. He's just standing in front of a whiteboard, and the message is, look at me, aren't I fabulous? There's no poison ivy. It's not that psychedelic. It's just him in a suit. You know, aren't I marvelous? Uh, that's that's the message. It almost looks like a picture. It's actually, a if it's a painting, it's actually, I got to say, it's pretty good. It's one of those paintings you can't tell it's a painting because it almost looks like a picture. So it's a bit more... Um, straightforward. You know what I mean? Hey, Christine, are you in the art world or something like that? Uh, no, I, I just, the Democratic Party left me. I turned into a Republican two years ago, and I just, and it's because I saw all this crazy stuff. When Obama got his portrait done, I looked at who the artist was, and it was really, really creepy. Uh, it's, it's not the one you talk about. I have one other thing to say to you. You don't use the, re- the word research. You use the word Google, and don't do that. Uh, I'm I'm good. Don't worry. I got it. <laughs> but Christine, I'm glad you made the switch. I mean, man, welcome to the club. Although I'm not a Republican, but I know where you're coming from. I'll be back tomorrow and tonight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.